get Mike Silver, our buddy, San Francisco Chronicle, and uh, always every week here on uh, on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Mike, what do, what do you think about that idea? Is that actually something you think could happen? An eight seed just get thrown into this? I mean, I'm open to any and all. We lo- we, uh, I'm open to any and all. That's all we got. Which, That's it. Which we can take a lot from that. Yeah. He's I open mean, to anything, it's, it's, which I think is a wonderful thing to say. We can keep that cut for all questions uh, directed <laughs> exactly, to Mike Silver exactly. uh, going forward. Exactly. I, what do you how think do you about, feel about How do we feel about rooting for Stanford, Mike? I'm open uh, to any uh, and all. That's actually great. That's pretty funny. Uh, oh, God. Hey, we'll get Mike back. Uh, he's cruising around. But I don't know. Like, I, all of these ideas that get thrown out, I sort of immediately like, there are things I like and things I don't like. Well, think about, about it in terms of if you went to eight teams in both sides. So now you got three Saturday, three Sunday, and two Monday playoff games in that opening weekend because you're going to need eight games. Right now you got seven games. Yeah. You go three, three, and one. I don't know that you have to make it on Monday. I don't know what they would do. I think I you'd know. have. I mean, you wouldn't want to play any playoff games at the same time as right. other playoff games. So, right. as it is now with the seven, you got a triple header Saturday, triple header Sunday, and a standalone Monday. You'd have to go to a double header Monday and have somebody play like a matinee. It'd be like the baseball playoffs. I wonder. I wonder what they do. Let's get Mike back into the conversation. Go ahead, Mike. You you were saying about the uh, about the idea. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't get too worked up about any of this stuff. It's it's interesting, and it will change the way we thought it was going to be. But it's it's just, you know, I feel, I feel like when real life things happen, you know, people start hyperventilating and they're thinking about the team they like, and oh, they would have gotten this seed or that seed. Like at some point, they're going to have a tournament. They're going to play games. There's going to be a champion. You know, we've seen. Obviously, with COVID, we've seen a lot of uh, changes on the fly. And I, I remember in 2001, um, after September 11th, when the league wanted to keep playing until the players, who, as always, were the adults in the room, uh, pressed pause. And there was no one-week or two-week break before the uh, b- between the championship games and the Super Bowl that year. So they did not have a built-in cushion, as they do this year. And the... The conclusion was, well, we're just going to only have four playoff teams and do away with the wild card round, which seemed extreme at the time. And I remember talking to Amy Trask, who was then the chief executive of the Raiders, and we were kind of just, you know, hypothetically problem solving. And I said, why don't you just move the Super Bowl back a week? And she goes, oh, you don't understand the logistics. There's hotel rooms. You know, this stuff is years in the making. And besides, we looked into that and. There's these car. There's a car convention, this car dealer convention, and they've got all the rooms <laughs> that next weekend. And I go, "Hey, I've got an idea. You're the NFL. Pay off the car dealers." And uh, ultimately, that's what happened, which I think was probably made the most sense. But I mean, there's always a way to problem solve this stuff, and it's not going to be perfect. And you're going to live in a world of, well, what if this team? What if that game had been played and the Bengals would have been this or the Ravens could have won the division or this team wouldn't even have made the playoffs if that happened? It's going to be different. Like, okay, so people are still going to watch and, you know, it's not... I don't think we should fixate on it in a in anything other than an entertaining way. It's very entertaining in the, so many different hypotheticals, including one possible scenario that was thrown out where the number one seed would get a choice of either a buy or home field advantage throughout. If you were going to devise the best way going forward, assuming that they're not going to play the Bengals and Bills game, how would you devise, Mike, the, the way to go forward from here? 
Uh, it sounds like a reality show. I don't know. I, I'm in, it's all interesting to me. I'm, I'm open to any of it, right? So you could do anything from, okay, that game never happened. We're doing the winning percentage thing that we were prepared to do in the COVID year um, or COVID years. Um, you could do that and just say, you know, it is what it is. You could try to workshop ways to get, um, you know, to have that game either played you could play that game that you know in week 19 essentially and then uh you know do the nfc playoffs that week and then have them take a week off and have the afc do it you have that built-in cushion because of the super bowl but you know i i don't know that there's a perfect way to do it i think you know other than getting a time machine uh you know it's not going to be clean so just have fun with it and do what you think seems the fairest, but, you know, I would urge all fans, you know, who see everything through the prism of fandom not to freak out if it didn't go perfectly for the team you love. Like, you know, life happens. Well, let's talk about the team that most of our listeners love, uh, the 49ers, and, and what you think is best for them. Is I know Kyle Shanahan has said, look, we're going for the one seed, and and, and maybe it is that simplistic. You, you want the one seed, but us fans are sitting here looking at potential matchups. One seed, you host all games, your likely opponents are probably either the Giants or the Cowboys, followed by uh, the, the Eagles. If you're the two seed, you might get the Packers and, and then the Giants, but have to travel Travel to Philly, the three seed. Maybe you're avoiding Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, you guys I mean, are like you guys are. You guys are freaking out too much. First of all, I think the Niners are the best team in the NFC. They should be able to win anywhere if they're at their best and their guys are healthy. Secondly, uh, you're completely discounting the possibility of Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, who have Kaiser Soze qualities, <laughs> somehow coming back to Levi's and throat slashing in a metaphoric sense and ruining the whole thing and I do not discount that possibility though the Bucks have looked awful and the Packers looked awful for most of the year and the Niners have had their way with Rodgers recently in the playoffs or, or for a while but you know what if I'm the Niners I'm feeling more comfortable against Kirk Cousins or Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott than I am against Brady or Rodgers that's just me how much do you think they're going to push uh, on Sunday against Arizona? Will it be determined on how Philadelphia is doing and determined on what Minnesota has done in the earlier game? Maybe. Um, you know, if Minnesota loses and you can kind of scoreboard gaze and see that Philly is, you know, ahead by a decent amount, maybe you start pulling guys. You know, it's that weird balancing act. Kyle Shanahan really believe strongly that there's a risk in players pulling back and not, you know, being sharp heading into the playoffs, which, by the way, if you get a one, that's a week off, or there's another scenario I just mentioned where there's a week off in the middle somehow. Uh, So you can, you control what you can control. I think if it's anyone who has any pre-existing injury that you think could get worse, um, you err on the side of probably not playing those people, but Otherwise, you go. Now, the good news is this is a Cardinals team that should have the cars running in the parking lot. I mean, you know, if if ever a team would appear to be checked out, it's this team. Now, I know the Jaguars, who could have been checked out last year, crushed the Colts who needed to go to the playoffs. So it's not a perfect science, but I'm not expecting, you know, a, a situation where the 49ers are 
uh, super stressed, but, you know, we'll see. And if the Vikings win, then I think you got to win because the difference between uh, going to Minnesota for week two, albeit, or, or for the that next round, albeit in a dome, versus having the Vikings come here, I think there's an appreciable difference, uh, you know, in terms of what Kyle would want. So I think they're playing to win. I think they'll deal with the hand that's dealt with it to them. Uh, and I think if they're at full strength, uh, barring, as I said, a Brady or Rodgers, you know, crazy rising up moment, I think they should be in great position in the NFC. Uh, Mike, I got something for you, and I, I don't even know how this works. Do you do you vote for uh, NFL Coach of the Year? I tell you what, I have no vote for anything. It's okay. one of the weird, weirdest anomalies in you know, in NFL media, nobody wants me to vote for a thing. Uh, I am writing a column today concerning my feelings on who should be coach of the year. Yeah, I mean, I'll go ahead we'll and take a preview right yeah, here. We'll I'll, take a preview. I'll tell you mine right now. I think coach of the year around all sports focuses too much on the team that we thought was going to stink that actually achieved sort of kind of okayness. So this idea that we're moving off of Sirianni to go to Dable instead of the guy who's won nine straight with his with three different quarterbacks, what the hell, man? Kyle Shanahan's totally the coach of the year. Well, I don't know who's moving off what. I think Twitter's moving off, right? We don't really know how it's going to go, I, or the odds makers, whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I hear you. I've thought that for a long time, that it's too much of a, hey, you did better than expected award. On the other hand, we can't change that, and I don't discount that either. Like, I think Brian Dayball, I, I, I have no idea how that team won more than four games. And honestly, a lot of people in that <laughs> building share that uh, belief. Uh, coaches, personnel people, players, they don't get it. So I think Brian Dayball is an A-plus candidate. I think Kevin O'Connell, who has won um, an NFL record 11 one-score games, uh, has to be in that conversation. Sirianni, you mentioned, obviously, I think Doug Peterson, pending the result of Sunday night's game, given the wreckage that was Urban Meyer and a potential division championship, is also in that conversation. Uh, I have some pretty strong feelings about the job Kyle has done. I will let people read about them in the Chronicle tomorrow, but, uh, you know, it, it is... Uh, it is an extraordinary situation when you have to play three quarterbacks, among other things. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Mike agreed. Tomlin as well. Yeah. Don't sleep on what he's done. Yeah, in yeah Mike, uh, I yeah. mean, Mike Tomlin's just. A, I mean, it's Tom. I mean, everyone's writing them off, and he's about to uh, extend their streak of winning records. Yeah, how, do you, how do you? How do you go sixteen years of the NFL exactly. without a losing season? And it's not like you know, hey, they had Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Like Ben's great, but like they. It's crazy yeah. what he's done, yeah. and they're going to do it again. It's crazy. Mike, great stuff, man. Great Thanks, to connect Mike. with you again. We appreciate it always. Thanks, you guys. All right, there goes Mike. I look forward to that article. I, I like uh, Just real quick on that, and I know maybe there's some inherent bias to it. We're here, and, and, and we follow the 49ers, but are you kidding me? Three quarterbacks. Yeah. You got yeah. a shot at the one seed when you were three and four after You've seven nine in weeks. A row. You've won nine football games in a row. You've done it with three different quarterbacks. <laughs> you're playing Mr. Irrelevant as a starter, and you're becoming the Super Bowl giants to nine wins when we only expected them to get five. I, yeah, like a lot of people did a great job. The the, the Vikings coach, he, he, he's a magic show. I, like they, they're not even that good, and they're twelve and four. They've got a negative point differential. Like so, there's all kinds of great jobs that have been done. But 
the the award is way too focused on we thought you were going to stink and you don't. Now, when we think you're going to stink and then you're the best, Gabe Kapler two years ago, fine. Now you have to win. But the Giants are nine and six. They're going to be the six seed. Right. Right. Like, the last team to <laughs> the last coach to win Coach of the Year with fewer than ten wins is Jimmy Johnson, 1990. The Cowboys went seven and nine, and he was named Coach of the Year. But you go back last year, Mike Vrabel, 12 and five, Coach of the Year.